welcome to Monologues by Hassie, where I'm going to be dropping unsolicited brain dumps from the depths of my grey matter. I'll talk about life, money, society, and self-development, plus whatever else lies up there, whilst hopefully not getting cancelled in the process. Last week, I completed my second full 10-day Vipassana meditation retreat. For those of you who aren't aware of what Vipassana is, it is at its very simplest. It is a mindfulness meditation technique where you focus on the sensations in the body. And there are many teachers around the world who will teach it, but the particular course I will be referring to in this episode is the series of courses uh, run started by a man called Esen Goenka, who learned the technique himself back in Burma and created a foundation uh, of many meditation centers around the world which teach courses to help people learn the technique of Vipassana. And the format of the course is a 10-day meditation retreat and if you are interested in my earlier experiences doing Vipassana for the first time, I do recommend listening to episode 19, a step-by-step guide on how to get kicked out of your therapist's office, and episode 20, what on earth is Vipassana? So with that out of the way, deciding to do a Vipassana course for the second time, there were many reasons that I, I you know, said that I've done this 10-day retreat before and I'm going to do it again. And one of the biggest reasons was the first time I did Vipassana, it definitely helped my life. It improved the way I do things. And if I reflect on the kind of three-year gap between the first course and the second course, many things happened in my personal life and in work where the old version of me who had not reached a particular level or unlocked that capability to deal with the negative things in life, I simply would not have been able to deal with those events in, maybe the right word is, in such a graceful manner. And even though I saw the benefit, I wasn't a regular meditator. In fact, um, there was definitely one year where I barely meditated. I think everyone, when they come out of a meditation retreat like this, the the guidance that you're given when you do leave uh, SN Goenka's 10-day course is you should be aiming to meditate two hours per day in the real world. And for me, it's just not something that happened. There were times where I would be meditating maybe like half an hour a week or 10 minutes a day and it got to a point, yeah, there was a year where I probably barely meditated and earlier this year, if you've listened to any previous episodes, I kind of said, well, hey, I'm, I've definitely seen a benefit from meditation even though I'm not doing it on a regular basis, it changed my life. But I can see some of the effects wearing away. It needs to be a medicine, it needs to be more regular. So one thing I did this year when I wasn't sure at the start of the year whether I would have 10 days to go and do a 10-day silent meditation retreat, I basically said, you know what, every month you're going to do a one-day course. And these one-day courses, they're for students or old students who have done the technique previously and they're just held at local community centers around where I live. So once a month I would drive 20, 30, 40 minutes and go do a meditation for for a day. And it would span over about eight hours, eight and a half hours, and there'd be about six hours of meditation. And I said, doing this once a month is better than nothing. And then as the year progressed, I got to a point where I decided, um, if you've listened to the last episode, that I was going to leave my job. And I have now left my job. And I said, there are things I want to accomplish after I leave my job. And I want to be the healthiest 
possible individual as I can. And a big part of being a healthy individual is having a healthy mind. And so my mind can deal with the challenges that I'm about to face as I enter this new chapter. So I said a wonderful reset almost would be to redo the 10 day silent meditation retreat, so the Vipassana retreat, and retreat is the wrong word, um, and I will come back to that later. Really, it's a 10-day meditation course, because retreat makes it sound like you're, you're, you're having fun. Um, and it is a beneficial thing. I'm glad I did it, but it is not a fun experience. So I just decided to do this almost to reset my RAM, to like flush out my hard drive. Like, you know, when you clear all the junk in your email inbox, I wanted to do exactly the same thing, but with my mind. And the format of the course is there's a 10 day block in the middle and it's known as a 10 day silent meditation retreat, but I will reiterate some of this and how it works is you actually begin the day before. So you will arrive at the meditation center in the afternoon, the day before you'll have dinner and you'll take a vow of silence. And I can't remember when it starts. It might be at around 7.30 or 8. But on the day before the first day, you will take a vow of silence. And then for the next three days, you will learn a technique called anapana. And anapana is the, it's the meditation where you focus on the breath. So you start off very simply by focusing on when you breathe in and when you breathe out, can you feel anything around your nasal area? So, you know, in your nostrils on the edges, can you feel anything? And by the end of the three days and part of the fourth day, that technique has been refined. So you are trying to feel the sensations. It might be the sensation of breath hitting your upper lip or the sensations that naturally exist on your upper lip. So basically you're concentrating the mind in those first three to four days on the breath. So you're focusing on the breath, breathing in and breathing out and the sensations that that generates in a very small area just beneath your nose. And the whole purpose of this is you're trying to increase your concentration. And that is a very tough thing. I remember during these three to four days, it was almost like my mind was detoxing. Now remember, you've taken a vow of silence. You're not talking to anybody. You don't have access to any technology. All your phones and tech technology devices have been locked away. I think the most electronic thing I had during that entire retreat was I had a small LCD watch, which just had the, the time or LCD clock. And it just had the time just so I was aware. And for the first four days, you're just focusing on your breath. And I remember having all these thoughts coming out of my mind. It was like my mind was detoxing. I almost found it very hard to focus on meditation sometimes because I was still very much, I'd just come out of the real world. I'd just left my job a few days earlier and life had been incredibly hectic. Now I should also tell you a little bit about the schedule of these 10 day silent meditation retreats. So. As you know, you've taken a vow of silence on the very kind of day zero and you're silent for the first nine days and on the last day they let you speak. But then the daily schedule is very important as well to keep in mind. So a gong goes off at four o'clock every morning because that is when they expect you to wake up. And by 4.30 to 6.30, you are doing the first meditation meditation of the day. And you can either take this in a hall with the group or you can do it in your own chambers. And then you have your breakfast break from 6.30 till eight. And from eight to 11, again, there's kind of three meditation sessions. And from 11 to one, you have a lunch break. And then from one to five, again, you have another three to three meditation sessions ranging from one hour to one and a half hours. And you've got a final afternoon break from five to six. And then from about six 
to 9.30, you have a combination of meditation and you have a one hour discourse that is at night. And it's like, after you've worked, you get to have a video recording of SN Goenka. As I said, he's the, the, the man who set up this particular school of Vipassana meditation. He will give you a discourse that relates to what you did today and what you might be doing tomorrow. And I've always found those very enjoyable. So it's a very tough, tough regime because you're waking up at four and you're going to bed at 9.30. And if I reflect on my experience this time at Vipassana, I think the very first night I barely slept. I'm not a great sleeper. And then the nights after that, I was probably slept on average between three to five hours a day at most. So on the good days, it was longer. Otherwise it was less. And I definitely thought I was going crazy at one point. I also had a very challenging experience with the food. So I remember on days three, five, and seven, anything I ate passed straight through me. So I very much was depleted for energy and the days after I was scared to eat too much food. It is delicious food there, it's all vegetarian. For whatever reason, my body just did not wanna handle it. Um, so I found it incredibly challenging to concentrate. Not only was my mind detoxing, my body had very little fuel in it. Now in terms of back to the technique, so for the first three days, as I mentioned, you're focusing on your breath, you're doing something called anapana, and on the fourth day, they teach you the actual technique of vipassana, and that is the body scan. That is where you are observing sensations in your body, and in the very first sitting, it is a two-hour sitting, you are not allowed to change the position or the, sorry, the, the stance or the structure you've put your body in. So you are meant to be almost like a statue. So if you cross your legs in a certain way and put your hands in a certain way and you keep your eyes closed, for two hours, you are meant to maintain that posture. And the reason they do these really tough sittings is because it forces you to unlock a lot of things. And the first time I did Vipassana, I realized that pain can be turned on and off. You can, you can have the worst pain in your legs as they're cramping and throbbing as possible, but you can observe a very gentle sensation somewhere else in your body. And for me, that was almost like realizing that there is an on-off switch with pain. You learn to decouple mental pain from physical pain, and that allows you to almost endure. The interesting thing is in this particular course, again, I was doing it for the second time. And I think when you're doing Vipassana for the second time, the reason, a big part of the reason I found it harder was I already knew what to expect. And because I already knew what to expect, a lot of the magic was taken away. And me telling you what, to, what what's going to happen is very different of you actually knowing what to expect because you would have had to have done the course first. And Vipassana different, definitely um, elaborates this concept is, is that there's different types of knowledge. Me telling you what I've done is intellectual knowledge at best, but you will never know what it's like until you've done it yourself. So by me telling you what my experience was like, I do not think it will ruin your experience because at best, if you haven't done the course yet, anything which you might get from me talking about Vipassana for the next you know, 20 minutes is going to be at best intellectual you haven't experienced it yourself. So I found it tough because I'd already experienced a 10 day retreat before. And so during that two hour sitting, the first sitting where you do, you learn the Vipassana technique, I found it incredibly challenging. And in fact, I actually did have to change my posture. And I remember feeling very defeated saying, oh wow, I could, I, I actually did this three years ago and I struggled to do it now. And so in my head, I, I definitely did, did not have a, a good meditation sitting. And I'll come back to that. And I, I almost felt like I was defeated. And then we had the next one hour sitting where you can't change the position of your body. And that was a much better sitting. And over the course of that retreat, one thing I learned is 
I was by comparing my previous experiences to my current one, I wasn't being equanimous and equanimity is something that uh, SN Goenka talks about and it is a concept from Buddhism. Uh, but fundamentally, equanimity is being okay with the outcome no matter what it is. It is accepting what is in front of you. I, I think if you take something like equanimity and you apply it to uh, being an investor or a passive investor, it is a wonderful concept. No matter if the market goes up or if the market goes down, you're equanimous with the outcome. Your goal is to invest. And I think when it comes to meditation, that is exactly what I had forgotten and that is a lesson that I really didn't take out of the first Vipassana meditation retreat I did. And it's the reason my meditation practice uh, was not maintained and was not consistent because I wasn't equanimous. And I think the biggest mistake I was doing that I did on that fourth day where I definitely felt like I failed because I didn't do the Vipassana technique in the way that I remembered it to be is that I was trying to get an experience that I had three years ago. And in doing so, it goes against the teachings of the technique. The teachings of the technique is you need to experience and accept whatever you're experiencing in the, in, in the present moment. You should not be comparing this. Uh, you should not have a craving that says, oh, I experienced something pleasant before. And you should not have an aversion saying that this is a really unpleasant situation. There should be none of these things. You, should, you shouldn't be craving something and you shouldn't have any aversion. You should accept what it is. And, and, and that, you know, I was just having a challenging time meditating that first time. But I, I, I quickly realized that and I had a much better experience thereafter, even with as I was saying, I was having issues holding my food down. And there was definitely a point midway through where I thought of quitting, where I thought of saying, or not quitting, but maybe taking the, act the actions which would have let me be led to me being kicked off that course. So I definitely thought about going to the course manager. So it is a silent retreat, but you can talk to two people. You can talk to the course manager and you can talk to the assistant teachers. And these are the only two people you're supposed to talk to for the first nine days. And I definitely thought about going to the course manager and saying, hey, well, you know, I've been having issues with my food. Um, it's, it's going straight through me. I've got nothing in my stomach. And that might have actually led to me being kicked off because from previous experience of experiences of friends who have done the course and they've gotten some sort of sickness along the way, sometimes they can be very risk averse and they will kick you off the course, obviously for your own health and safety, but also for that those around you. And to be very clear, I wasn't sick. It wasn't something contagious. It was just my body did not like, I've had very bad food poisoning before. Um, this wasn't like that. It's just whatever I ate, um, I did not hold down. So by the time I got to the end of the day, I was completely depleted. And so it was a very tough experience, but I learned to just accept it for what it is. And again, retreat is the wrong word as I discussed before. It is a meditation course and it is very much like being in prison. But we did the Vipassana technique from day four all the way to day nine and day uh, eventually day 10 as well. You're doing it for the rest of the time. And one thing I noticed was, you know, my mind had already become clearer. I think because the Vipassana technique is active, right? You're focusing on, you're trying to observe sensations across your body. Your brain has something to do. So I found the, maybe suppression's the wrong word, but I found that the, all the thoughts that were kind of coming out when I was just focusing on my breath, which was, I found very challenging. It was much easier to focus. And uh, that meant that by the time I got towards the end, my mind was much clearer because a lot of these thoughts had already come out and then I had an effective tool. You know, I wasn't, my subconscious wasn't running in overdrive, rather it had been put to work. And that's what you are doing for 10 days. You're working, you're focusing on your breath for the first three to four days. And from the, for the last four to 10 days, you're observing the sensations in your body. And that might sound, 
I think maybe in small doses it might be pleasurable, but you're basically doing across the entire course, you're doing up to 100 hours of meditation. Now, I also had challenged sleeping, and I remember the first time I did Vipassana, I remember hearing a line in one of the evening one-hour discourses where SN Goenka says that meditator doesn't need to sleep, sometimes they don't sleep at all. And I remember on day five or six, I went to the teacher, you can schedule an interview during lunchtime, and I said, hey, I think I'm going crazy because I'm not sleeping. I said, when I get to the end of the day and we're doing our final meditation, I feel so tired. I could sleep doing Vipassana in the sitting position. So with my legs crossed, with my hands folded, and with my eyes closed, I feel like I could fall asleep sitting. But then as soon as I go back to my bed and I lie down, it is like my whole body and my whole mind is awake. I can feel everything, even sensations in my parts of my body, which were very dull. It is like I can feel fireworks. And they basically told me, don't worry, just when you go back to bed, just keep doing Vipassana. They said, your mind is active, but you're, you know, you're, you're lying down, your body is getting rest. They said, just keep scanning your body. And that's what I did. And they said, you know, you've developed an aversion to poor sleep and it's probably affecting you. And absolutely, I have that. And I realized that that was a problem because for me, it was, if I get poor sleep, I can't do this and I'm gonna be weak. And you're almost creating an illness in the sense that you believe you are sick and therefore you behave like you are sick, you are almost jeopardizing your own success. And that's absolutely what I was doing. And so even though I was sleeping very little for the next couple of days, and I was waking up before the four o'clock gong, I would be up at three and it might take me a while to pass into what I would call traditional sleep. After that, I started feeling much better. Now, of course, it is still hell. When you're on one of these Vipassana retreats, it is a very challenging thing. I was, you know, you're almost counting down the days, which is not a great thing ever, but you do realize it's impermanent. And which is a very important concept that they teach is that everything, including every sensation you have in your body is impermanent. So what did I get out of this doing Vipassana for the second time. What's, it was very different to doing it for the first time um, in that the first time I did it, as I said, I was at a very low point in my life and it helped me get out of that low point and then work on things, which I'm definitely benefiting from today. But this time around, the Vipassana experience wasn't as dramatic, even though it was more challenging and I found it much harder to do than my first experience with the 10 day silent retreat. I definitely got something very different out of this course in that I came in with a much more positive mindset. And this time, even when I was, I did go and ask questions and I was focusing on what to do, it was how do I bring this back into my normal life? Because there definitely is value here. So I definitely felt me mentally lighter. I was definitely physically lighter because as I said, I wasn't eating food properly. I actually lost three kilos in, in 10 to 12 days, which is absolutely incredible. But for me, it was how can I sharpen my mind for the challenges I'm gonna have to face when I'm going into this period of self-employment and for the rest of my life. I just want to be the best version of myself as I possibly can be. And I definitely did see benefits coming out. And one key difference I noticed between the first time doing Vipassana and this time doing Vipassana is the first time I did Vipassana, a lot of the thoughts that were surfacing in my mind over the 10 days were very negative. They were the thoughts of a depressed person. Now, the interesting thing is this time around, a lot of the thoughts I had were pleasant, were pleasurable. Now there were negative things which came from time to time, but if I compared the, the, the ratios, it was overwhelmingly positive thoughts that were coming up. But when I say positive, it was things that I craved. And that in itself is a very interesting lesson because this time, the first time I did Vipassana, it's what am I avoiding? What am I averse to? What is causing me pain and anger that is holding me back? 
And this time around, it is what are the things I find comfortable? What are the things that I crave? And how are those things holding me back? So it was almost like the second side of that coin I was starting to explore. And that is probably exactly what I need because over the next year, I know I need to push myself into a realm of discomfort that I previously haven't done. I'm no longer in a situation where I know that there is a monthly paycheck coming. I'm going to have to deal with my bank account coming down. I know some people who are very attached to the numbers in their bank account. So how can you be equanimous about things like this? You know, if we do have a recession, my bank account's gonna be coming down and my share portfolio is gonna be coming down. And as we get older anyway, we become sicker. How can we, so we're gonna lose our health. How can we go about and go through life and be more accepting of these things? And when you think about what Vipassana is, it does sound like a meditation technique where you're just observing things in the body, but there is a moral and spiritual code that goes with it. And the way that it's taught to you by S.N. Goenka is in a very secular way. It is taken from Buddhism, but this is the secular, a very incredibly secular form of Buddhism. So, you know, they say that if you're a Vipassana meditator, you can still be Jewish, you can still be Muslim, you can still be Christian, you can still be Hindu, and it will make you a, a, a better Jew, a better Christian, a better Muslim, a better Hindu, because ultimately you can use your own moral code from your original discipline and just become more accepting of what's happening in your body, what's happening in your mind. You become a more mindful individual, which can only help help you in life. And I feel like that's what I got out of it. What I got out of it was the opposite side of what I got out of it the first time. And even as an old student, so I came in as an old student, so I've done it before. So there were some differences. You don't get three meals, you get two meals and you sit at the front of the hall and you get access to a pagoda. And these are all very minor differences, but fundamentally you're doing almost exactly the same instructions as the new students. So you're not skipping the first three days of anapana or breathing meditation. You're doing it with the new students. You're also doing Vipassana with the new students. There are some slight differences because you've done it before. So they'll tell you to follow a slightly different set of instructions, but there, there really isn't that much difference. And um, you're watching the exact same discourses as everybody else. And the interesting thing is, I, you know, it's like reading a book for the same time. If you've got a good book that you kind of read every now and then, I find that every time I read a good book, depending on where I am in life, I will take something new out of it. And I found exactly the same thing with doing the pasta for the second time in that I took something very different out of it. And I do hope that it is going to help me um, deal with the challenges that I do need to deal with. And like in, in the last week, in the last week, I've come out and uh, you know I've had all these events and everything, and I've been trying to do the two hours of meditation a day, and it hasn't been, you know, I haven't been able to do it every time. It's tough, and I find the morning sittings are very easy. It's very easy to do an hour in the morning. Your brain is very alert, and I find when I try to do it at night, I'm falling asleep and I'm cutting it short. And you know, I had to go on a trip with some friends because we had a wedding and we had to go drive a few hours away, and I found it very hard to maintain the practice then. But the one big lesson that the one big mistake that I had when it came to bringing Vipassana into my day-to-day -day life the first time I did it, was that the first time I did it, I was trying to meditate in the real world the same way I was meditating on the 10-day course. And in the 10-day course, you've got a very strict environment, you're not speaking to anybody, you're eating at specific times, you're waking up at a specific time, you're going to bed at a specific time, you've got this whole environment that's been set up just so you can focus on your meditation. And I think for the first three years after my first retreat, I was trying to replicate those one hour sittings. And you do have these three sittings every day where you can't move your body. They're called sittings of determination. And I was trying to replicate those in my own life outside of that retreat. 
and that is inherently an unsustainable thing. So one big takeaway that I took away from this course, obviously aside from all the mental clarity I've gained, is that it is okay for me to fall asleep during my afternoon meditation or, or, or at night. It is not a perfect experience. And that is completely okay because I need to be equanimous with that. I need to be, I need to understand that you're, you're not going to have the exact same experience that you did when you were in this 10 day meditation retreat, which is essentially a, a prison that you voluntarily enter where you just focus on meditation. And I think being more accepting of that and knowing that I'm gonna have a, a, a lot of situations in my life where I'm not gonna have uh, the same environment to meditate in over and over again, I can be more accepting of saying that I'm gonna meditate on the bus. I'm gonna do half an hour at the airport. I'm gonna do, try to do an hour on the plane. And they're not perfect environments, but I definitely think that this is a big thing that I have taken away. And so for those of you who are listening to this and who are interested in doing a Vipassana meditation retreat, I 100% recommend you give it a try. It is not a religious organization. The, the, the school that's been started by S.N. Goenka many decades ago, it is the most secular version of Buddhism that I've come across because really what they've done is they've taken the most basic morality, which all religions share. They teach you the technique of anapana, focusing on your breath, and they teach you the technique of vipassana, observing everything in your body. And it is done in a way that it will get you up and running in the basic technique as quickly as possible. And so if you are tempted, absolutely go ahead and do this because I do think you will see a lot of benefits in your life as I have. There is a reason I did it for the second time. It is because I saw benefit in the first time. And for me personally, I'm really looking forward to making this a regular practice in my day-to-day -day life. Not a perfect practice, but a regular practice. And so I will leave it there. And to all of you listening to this, I wish you great success on all your endeavors. You've just made it through another episode of Monologues by Hassi. It brings me great pleasure to know that you made it to the end. To listen to more episodes, subscribe on your favourite podcast app or visit monologuesbyhassi.com. Thanks for swinging by.